How can socially conscious people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system that currently favors big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to a system that looks out for us average American citizens without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. So what is woke investing? Now, I think woke is one of these overused terms, uh, and now it's primarily used by conservative politicians uh, to increase their campaign donations, um, kind of like how progressive politicians use uh, the term Trumper. Anyways, um, many conservative politicians uh, blamed the recent Silicon Valley bank collapse on woke investing. Uh, and it got me thinking, I was like, woke investing, what is that? Well, th they were talking about ESG investing, which is something I do know uh, quite a bit about. Uh, ESG investing, first of all, ESG stands for environmental, social, and the G stands for governance, really means corporate governance, you know, how you are running your corporation. Um, and ESG investing uh, is, is a way now for people to um, uh, invest in companies that have uh, high ESG ratings. All right, so how do you get an ESG rating? So uh, a corporation is audited by a third-party um, accountant uh, service, and the, the third party, this accountant service, takes it to um, one of the ESG rating firms. There's two of them. Uh, and then they get a score. And it's based on, you know, a higher score means that uh, the, this corporation has uh, practices that, um, you know, reflect environmental, social, and corporate governance. Um, now, uh, there are these ESG funds, which are uh, comprised of companies uh, with high ESG ratings. And um, the ESG funds are, are managed and formed by um, investment bankers, you know, firms on Wall Street. And so they, they sell these or trade these ESG funds on the stock market and anybody can go ahead and, and buy an ESG fund. Okay, so what, what companies are in these ESG funds? Well, probably, well, not probably, the most common company, uh, the one that is in the, the most amount of ESG funds and the highest concentration is the Apple Corporation. And I understand why um, they have a high ESG rating um, because they donate millions of dollars to disaster relief. They have uh, equal pay uh, among their employees. Um, they uh, are at the top of the list when it comes to water conservation and carbon footprint and, and so forth. Um, and so Apple has this, this high ESG rating. Now, um, but is Apple, you know, a, a socially responsible corporation and is ESG investing um, actually doing any good? Is it, is it creating a positive impact 
uh, on, on uh, the planet? Is it changing anything? Uh, you know, making corporations a better place um, to, to work at and to be a part, sort of. Uh, so Apple, they can uh, have this equal pay um, and they can do all these things because they outsource uh, a lot of their uh, services. So the catering company uh, that, that goes and services the Apple headquarters, they're not Apple employees, they're, they're outsourced. And that company, they don't necessarily pay their employees equal pay. Um, and uh, they don't, they don't uh, uh, necessarily have uh, good working standards. The same with the janitorial staff. They're not Apple employees. And a lot of these tech firms, which uh, the tech firms are largely, uh, you look at an ESG fund in, in the companies, it's, it's very heavy loaded with tech companies. So they do a lot of outsourcing. Now, I, I don't think outsourcing is socially responsible. I, I think that is um, uh, something that will boost your, your profits and bottom line. And that's what a publicly traded corporation has to do. That's what they're required to do. Uh, so, okay, so the, uh, the outsourcing is, is something that's, that's going on with Apple and really all corporations. But they maintain a higher ESG rating because... Uh, they're, they're outsourcing, uh, a lot of their work to, uh, other, um, you know, the, the janitorial and, and it, it makes Apple look a lot better for the rating. Uh, okay. Environmental. Yes. They, they do practice water conservation and, and, uh, many, you know, uh, carbon footprint and all this other stuff, but it kind of looks like it's more of a greenwashing effort. Um, because Apple does have a global supply chain there. They have to ship you know, product, the, their, 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 um, materials around the globe. And this is not good for environmental, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but again, uh, it's cheaper to operate in these countries. Now in Apple's credit, they have stopped working with certain uh, mining companies because of, uh, uh, human rights abuses. Um, and they're trying and, and Apple, I, I have to say that, uh, for a corporation, a publicly traded corporation, uh, there is an effort uh, there. Uh, however, ultimately, their their bottom line is the most important thing that's that's going on. Okay, Apple also uh, does all their manufacturing in China. You know, an authoritarian controlled country. You know, there's a lot of talk about China and and uh, you know banning TikTok and all this other stuff uh, happening right now. But but. Yes, China is an authoritarian control company, uh, country, and there is, you know, a history of human rights abuses, and you can't even have a fair election. There's no, you know, the 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 country appoints all their judges. The judges just kind of go along whatever the politicians say. It's a it's a big problem in China, and so this is where Apple uh, has all their manufacturing done. Why? It, well, it's cheaper, obviously. Um, working in these corporations in, in China, uh, you know, these factories in China, they have these nets um, underneath the, the factory dorms where they house their, their uh, factory workers. So, you know, people won't die when they jump out of their window and they, they're caught in these nets because suicide was such a problem because of the human rights abuses. Um, okay. 
Uh, so, so Apple is, you know, in, in China, uh, not only that, um, they, they, they also are known tax dodgers. Um, don't get me wrong. I hate paying taxes. I, uh, it bothers me as a, as a small business, the amount of work that you have to do, uh, to, to pay taxes. And, and then you look, you know, how it's being spent. You're like, ah, you know, and th there is a balance. I, I, you know, it's important to have, you know, um, a good public service. I want to have a fire department and a police department and streets that work and, and public transportation that works. Uh, but uh, to a certain, where's the balance? It, it doesn't always seem like it's there. So, uh, you know, feeling very uncomfortable paying taxes. So I get what Apple does, but 90% of their um, profits are held in uh, foreign countries, uh, particularly Ireland. And um, they don't pay taxes on on 90%. This is hundreds of billions of dollars that they don't pay taxes on. Um, so it's not like, uh, and, and here's the crazy thing, you know, Apple is the most profitable publicly traded corporation in the world. And they've held this distinction really kind of for the last 10 years. They've even been the most profitable uh, corporation in the world, beating out private corporations like Saudi oil, which uh, consistently ranks at the top. So um, you have Apple and don't get me wrong, Apple provides incredible technology uh, to the world. Um, you know, uh, the iPhone has changed you know, everything. Uh, you know, people now are, are filming uh, abuses that happen. You know, uh, George Floyd, uh, this, that tragedy was filmed with an iPhone. So it, it's, it's not like, you know, I, I can't say that Apple is an evil corporation. I, there is no such thing as an evil corporation. Corporations are just simply fulfilling their purpose. And, you know, their purpose is profit. And they're under this constant pressure to raise their share price every quarter. And so this is what you have. Now, ESG, is, is, is that woke? I mean, what is was Silicon Valley even engaging in ESG investing? Not really. Um, they were buying uh, government uh, treasury bonds. This, that's what got them in trouble. Uh, they were buying these, these treasury bonds, thinking it was safe. Uh, but um, the, the bonds, and this, this was back in, uh, they were buying it back in 2020 when interest rates were super low. Uh, and so they were buying these bonds at super interest, super low interest rates. Then uh, inflation happened. And uh, now all of a sudden the bonds are worth way less because of the, because of inflation. And if you had to sell one of these bonds, no one would buy it at full price. So you'd have to sell it at a deep discount. And uh, with, when tech companies started to slump, uh, you know, recently, you know, winter 2022, fall 2022, and, and uh, you, know, you know, winter 2023, uh, tech companies, they needed to take money out of Silicon Valley Bank. And in order to cover their withdrawals, they had to sell these bonds at, at this deep discount. They had to disclose it. And then the bank run happened. So was it caused by woke investing? No, absolutely not. Um, it's, it's just a way to, to get, you know, get your clip on social media and to ignite this anger and this outrage 
to to uh, drive people to to donate to their campaigns. Okay, so if ESG isn't actually impact investing, and it's not, and it really doesn't serve, uh, you know, it's it's kind of you know greenwashing. Um, it's making people feel like they're doing good without anything actually good happening. I guess a little bit, um, just being aware of your own practices, I think is helpful. Um, but it's, it's not the game changer. It's not going to ultimately change corporations. Um, you know, Apple could, um, you know, not manufacture in China, they could do all this stuff and they'd still be really profitable. They wouldn't be the most profitable corporation in the world. That's for sure. So, so that that's Apple. So, uh, it, what can regular uh, Americans do um, to prevent a Silicon Valley bank uh, disaster or any banking crisis or um, corporate investing in in um, our economy uh, that doesn't promote this uh, corporate bottom line uh, investing? And this this doesn't want to be woke investing. There has nothing to do with. Uh, First of all, woke was originally meant to be um, a term used to say that you're uh, aware of social injustice. And if that's all the movement was, mission accomplished. Um, the problem with uh, the, you know, this woke movement was that it was uh, trying to um, shame and blame and uh, deplatform people with a different point of view. Um, now, I, I know conservatives are, you know, they, they say cancel culture and things like, well, cancel culture, this is not a new thing. Uh, give me a break. Uh, conservatives were canceling um, progressives and liberals, you know, back in the 50s with uh, McCarthyism. And that was being done with, you know, with, through actual government. Um, and they were blacklisting people. They're canceling a lot of the entertainment industry. Same, same thing. It just reversed. Um, uh, and that was, you know, it wasn't called cancel culture. It was called McCarthyism. So it's not a new thing. It hasn't, progressives didn't invent, um, uh, you know, cancel culture. Uh, e evangelical um, conservatives, they've been uh, canceling um, uh, you know, entertainment shows on, on TV, you know, f since the beginning of TV, anything that they felt was offensive, um, that they would, uh, try to cancel it. So cancel culture isn't a progressive thing and it isn't a conservative thing. It's just a thing, you know, we, we want to ban things that we don't agree with. Well, the world doesn't work like that. The world works with supply and demand. Um, and if there's a demand for uh, programming that you may feel is offensive, uh, then there's going to be a supply for it, no matter what you do or, or what you try. If there is uh, a demand for, uh, you know, speakers that have a, a different viewpoint than you do, uh, well, there's going to be a supply for that. And it doesn't matter what you do. You take them off Twitter, you ban them from Twitter. What are they going to do? They're going to build their own platform you know, truth social now. I mean, so it, it it's it banning, it, it doesn't work. It's supply, it's supply and demand is too powerful. Um, this is a, you know, we talk about the law of gravity, you know, scientific law. Well, there's a law of supply and demand. You, you can't 
um, it's like, you know, it's like gravity, you know, you know, you want to talk about uh, follow the science. Well, let's follow the science, supply and demand. The same thing, you know, we have, uh, and I'll talk about this uh, tomorrow, but, you know, we have a large supply of regulations because there's the demand for that. Well, let's eliminate the demand. Uh, If you don't like uh, offensive um, uh, things people are saying, then eliminate the demand for that. Okay. That's very difficult, easier said than done, uh, but that's the cure. Uh, anything else is just a treatment and how effective that treatment is, you know, probably not so if you look at, at history. So what, what can us average uh, Americans do to actually uh, prevent a Silicon Valley bank disaster? Well, as I've talked about it before, you can put your money into a credit union, their nonprofit, uh, they don't have this pressure of constantly trying to increase their, uh, you know, quarterly revenues and, and increase their profits every every quarter. Instead, they they pump the revenues back into the uh, credit union for um, community services. Wait, not only that, it's this centralization of of, of wealth and power. Um, and you, you put your money into a credit union, they're smaller, they're community-based, and it's dispersed all over the place. So you have dispersed wealth, dispersed power. There's no, there's not this too big to fail um, situation going on. All right. And they have their, they have their own insurance happening as well. Uh, just like, it's not the FDIC, it's their own credit union thing. Um, so it, it, that, that's the first option. Second option is, okay, um, what about, uh, these corporations and, and make it an economy that works for everybody? Uh, well, you, we need to be able to invest in the ground floor of companies to, this is, this is how, this is capitalism. It's taking your capital, your money and putting it into a venture or a project to, to earn a profit that this is the root of capitalism is investing. Um, it's investing your money, your time, your labor, uh, and your labor you're paying with money. Uh, so, uh, investing, this is at the, at the root of it. Well, us average Americans up until 2015, we were completely locked out of, of being able to invest in the ground floor to create companies. Uh, things changed in 2004, the general public was allowed access to this private market via crowdfunding, which has absolutely changed the rules of the game. Um, you know, it, money controls politics. You, you see that, uh, you know, you have these large uh, corporate um, donors, you have lobbyists, all this stuff, and the, the, the political influence they have is, is massive. Well, and, and we have a democracy, but uh, if you're wealthier, your voice is going to be louder than someone who isn't. Um, there was that, uh, Supreme court ruling, you know, money equals, you know, a, a voice. So, um, so this is a problem. It, we, we, you can't have a, uh, political democracy without an economic democracy. And in 2015, this is like, uh, 1776. It's like independence day, 2015. Um, it it was when our economy first was able to become democratized through crowd investing. Now, all of us 
have a say in how our companies get built. And with investment minimums as little as $100, I've even seen minimums $50. I mean, this opens the door for, for anybody who has an extra 100 bucks and a bank account. That's all you need to become a crowd investor and to have a say in what types of companies are created. Uh, you don't, if you don't want to uh, have a company that just ends up becoming a publicly traded corporation that is always under this constant pressure of, uh, you know, you know, exceeding their profits every quarter, you know, uh, then don't invest in it. You, we could build companies that don't do that, that remain private uh, and, and share the profits with just average Americans. And, and it's a way to um, build wealth, uh, ethically, uh, you, we're not stuck in this public market with these publicly traded corporations that, that have to increase their profits and that outsource and, and, and that, uh, have their manufacturing done in authoritarian co controlled countries and, uh, all these other practices that, you know, that looking out for bottom line, you know, this is what perpetuates income inequality and the, the general American public, they have no other choice uh, to invest in perpetuating this own income inequality and to make the situation worse just so they can be able to retire. And now that's changed with, with crowd investing. And, and so um, this is why I talk about it. Uh, this is why I love it. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I'm going to keep talking about it for as, as, as long as I'm alive. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too.